being. If you are moving this morning, it's because God wants you moving. If you are living this morning, it's because God wants you alive. If you are on the earth this morning, it's because God wants you on the earth on this morning. You are here because of God. And I know that you take your vitamin C. I know you take your vitamin D. And I know you get your daily exercise in and your meditation, and that's good, and keep doing that. But I want you to know you're not here because of that. You're here because God wants you alive. And whether that be a pandemic or whether that be no pandemic, the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die. And after death comes the judgment. You can die in the pandemic or you can die outside of the pandemic. Your life and my life has an appointment on it. And whatever that appointment is, that's when we are going to meet our maker. Amen, somebody. It's good to see those of us who have come out on this morning. It's just, a, it's just good to be alive. I don't know about y'all, but every time the Lord gets me up in the morning, I am super duper glad to be alive. God is a good God. Not just some of the time, but all of the time, regardless of what is happening to us, what is surrounding us, it does not change who God is. And as Brother Brandon made mention this morning, he is Mr. Faithful, regardless if you are faithful or not. God is going to remain faithful. And I want to say something. Uh, you know, even in your disobedience, God is still faithful. For the Bible says he allows it to rain on the just and on the unjust. The sunshine on those who are righteous and those who are unrighteous. Just the faithfulness of God ought to cause us to want to do right. Just his faithfulness. He don't need to promise you a mansion, a robe, and a crown. Just the faithfulness of God ought to cause us to do the right thing. Uh, we want to thank the brothers who came last Sunday, the Sunday before last uh, Saturday, uh, those Saturdays to make sure that the church continues to function as the ministry that we are. We thank those men who were here and even those who wanted to be here uh, but could not be here. Uh, we thank God uh, for them uh, and their work uh, on that. We thank our sisters as well, and uh, we just appreciate uh, all of you who are just having your hands to the plow and you're just wanting to do whatever God would allow you to do on this morning. I would ask this morning uh, that you would get your minds ready as we put our subject title on the board on this morning. I want to talk to us on a subject for a short while. I want to talk about God words. God words. And... Uh, I want us to look at Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 36. Matthew chapter 12, and I could have used a number of scriptures this morning, 
and uh, we could have read a number of scriptures uh, on this morning, but Matthew chapter 12, verse number 36, the Bible says, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Every empty word, every unproductive word, you and I will give an account. There are words that we use in our secular realm, meaning our physical life, words that we use each and every day. And those words that we use can be found in the Word of God. Those words are good when we use them, but they are best used in the context of God. They are best used when we relate them to God. Words build us, and words can break us. We would say sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But I stopped by today to tell you words can build and words can break. Words can empower us or words can empty us. Words can encourage us and words can discourage us. Words can be positive or they can be uh, pessimistic. They can be positive or negative depending on the person using the words. I want you to know this morning that when we use these words that we are going to make mention on this morning, understanding that we use these words on a day-to-day basis, but understanding also these words are best used when we relate them to God. We use the word praise. We praise him for his work. We praise him for his accomplishments. We praise her for her duty. We praise her commitment. The word is used best in the context of God because when we say we praise him or praise her, but when we twist it around and put it this way, God is worthy to be praised. I think we get more from that word that way than any other way. We use the word worship. You can worship anything or anybody, but when we use it in the context of God, we worship God in spirit and in truth. Talking about God words. Worship is a God word. Grace is a God word. I want everybody to give me grace, but most of all, I want God's grace. Power is a God word. Or you may like it twist around and not say power, but the word authority. The word authority is a God word. The Bible says Jesus got up with all power in his hands, all authority in his hands in heaven and on the earth. Understanding is a God word. The Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing. But in all thy getting, get an understanding. Forgiveness 
is a God word. You might forgive me, but really I want God's forgiveness. Love is a God word. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Just is a God word. You might be just, but God is a just God. Brother is a God word. You know, the Bible talks about a brother is born for adversity. I think that's very powerful. God gives us siblings, brothers and sisters. If you only got one brother, you ought to cherish him. If you only got one sister, you ought to cherish her. Because God says that brothers are born for hard times. When you're going through something in life, God gives you siblings to help carry you, to help encourage you, to help whatever it is you're dealing with in your life. Siblings are not there to fight against one another. They're not there to contend with one another. They are there to complement one another and encourage each other. Brothers is there for adversity. Let me talk on the first point this morning. The word joy. Joy is a God word. Be fine in Acts 21. Acts 21. And look at the verse number, or Acts 25, 21. Watch what Luke writes over here. And, uh, and I hope that's right. Acts 21, 24. Acts 21, 24. And the Bible says here, them take and purify themselves with them and be at charge with them. Now, that's not the one that I want here. Uh, let's see, Acts 20, and I have two verses in here, and I'm thinking I might just have written the wrong verse that I want, but Acts 20 and 24, and let me see uh, if this is what I want uh, on this morning. That's not the right one that I want on this morning uh, on that. But joy is what I want to talk about with that one on this morning. Joy, but none of these things move me. Thank you, Brother Kemp. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my what? That I might finish my course with what? With joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of grace of God, that I might finish my course with joy. You and I ought to live our lives with joy. You ought to finish your life with joy. At the backside of your life, at the end of your life, you should live out the days of your life with joy. Joy is a God word. Joy is an inside thing. True joy comes from surrendering one's life to God. True joy comes from knowing God's truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth. And the truth shall do what? Set you free. True joy comes from knowing who God is. Not just knowing uh, about God, but knowing uh, who God is. Uh, and knowing how much he loves you. For the Bible says that God loves us so much that he gave us his only begotten son. You are to love God. 
Because God first loved you. God allowed his son to die for us that we might live for him. We can't just say it, but we have to show it. We can't just pray about it. We have to practice it. Joy comes from knowing God and knowing that God can save us. God can save us by forgiving us. And that we can become literally the children of the Most High God. I am filled with joy because I have fixed my God business. Whenever you fix your God I have fixed my God business. I am straight with my creator. And if I have fixed, fixed it with God, uh, I am fixed for eternity. Did you catch that? Whenever I fix my business with God, uh, God will fix it for eternity. I don't have to worry about my eternity being upside down when I take care of my God business. God will make sure that my eternal business it's straight. It's straightened out. Is your God business? Is your God business straightened out this morning? If you die today, do you know where you are going eternally? Is your business straight with God? Joy is knowing what God has done for Joy is knowing that God free the bondage of my sins we talk about joy and we say the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it from me why because joy is an attitude joy is an attitude God gives us concerning him whenever I know that my God business is straightened out whenever I know that God has taken away my sins whenever I know that when I die my eternal rest shall be in God that's joy joy is an attitude and Paul was talking about that attitude that I live with the back end of my life the inside God is the only one that can give you true joy. Well, it don't seem like you like that word joy too much. Let's go to the word mercy. Mercy. You, you might appreciate this one a little bit better than, than joy. The word, the word mercy, right? Ephesians chapter 2. Watch this here. Ephesians chapter 2 uh, this morning. Ephesians chapter 2. Joy is a good thing, but, but mercy and joy is what happens to us after we know what God has done for us. When I know God has done something for me, that's when I can receive the joy of the Lord. The Bible says here in Ephesians 2 in verse number 4, the Bible says, uh, but God, is that in your Bible? But God who is rich in his what? In his mercy. For his great love wherewith he loved us. I don't know about you, but I'm glad God is not poor in his mercy. I'm glad he's rich in his mercy. That means that God uh, will reset his mercy every morning. You and I receive new mercies 
from the Lord. Mercy is a God word. Mercy is God withholding from us what we truly deserve. Now, I know you might not think that you need the mercy of God. But I stopped by today to tell you everybody needs the mercies of God. You don't deserve what you have. But because of his mercy, you don't deserve the blessings that God gives. But because of the mercies, you and I don't deserve uh, the goodness from God. Uh, we don't deserve the love and the kindness and the forgiveness from God. Jesus says in the long ago, blessed are the merciful, for they shall what? Obtain mercy. Jesus says, uh, if you give mercy over here, God will give you mercy over there. I don't know about you, but I don't deserve God's mercy. I know you might think you deserve it, but I don't deserve the mercy of God. I don't know about you, but I don't deserve the blessings of God. You might think you deserve the blessings of God, but I know I don't deserve the blessings of God. I don't deserve the love of God. I don't deserve the, the provisions of God. I don't deserve the protection of God. We can receive uh, his mercy only because Jesus bared all of our filth, all of our dirt, all of our sins, uh, past present and future on the cross Jesus makes it possible God did the impossible through Jesus and through God uh, all things are possible because of the love of God and the blood of the precious lamb of God so joy is an attitude I can have real joy when I know what God has done for me. I can understand real joy because I could not do anything to save myself, but God did what only God can do to save me. And when I understand the goodness of God, when I understand the mercies of God, I will be filled with joy. It's a funny thing that Galatians chapter 5, one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy because I cannot help to understand that what God did for me I could not do for myself and you will be filled with the joy of the Lord and the mercies of God not just his mercy but the mercies of God every day you get up God showered you with his mercy every day you step out of your house God showered you with his mercy. Every day you come back home and you made it safe, God showered you with his mercy. Every day your children leave out the house and they come back safe, God showered you with his mercy. Every day you get in your automobile and you drive down to the grocery store and you make your little grocery and you come back home safely, God showered you with his mercy. When you have the health that you have, God showered you with his mercy. When God sends a check in the mail because you have worked 8, 10, 12 hours a day, that's God's mercy. I want you to know if you know your last name and you know your first name and you can still quote your security. That's the mercies of God on your life. I'm glad God renews his mercy every morning we get up. God have a new mercy for you. He don't use the old mercy. He gives you new mercy.
every day of your life. And Jesus says, when you give mercy, God will give it back to you. If you give mercy on the earth, God will have mercy with you in heaven. Church, I tell you, you need the mercies of people. Yeah, you need the mercies of people, but most of all, we need the mercy of God. So don't be stingy with your mercy. Give somebody mercy. Fathers, give your sons mercy. Mothers, give your daughters mercy. Church folk, give church folk mercy. Be kind to each other. Considering yourself. My last point is the word peace. And if I start shouting all over the building, y'all just forgive me. Y'all didn't shout on joy. Y'all probably didn't like mercy too much. But peace, if peace don't get you going, then I, then I don't know what. The preacher used to say, if, if your wood is not on fire, then your wood is wet. Some of y'all might be wet this morning. But peace, peace, Ephesians 2.14, for he is our peace. People take guns and put it to their heads because they have no peace. People jump off bridges because they have no peace. People get on drugs because they have no peace. The Bible says Jesus is our peace who had made both one and had broken down the what? The middle wall of partition between us that gives you and I the ability to have access to the throne of God. Peace is a God word. Jesus gives us peace. Matter of fact, in John 14, Jesus says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not like the world's peace, but I give you my peace. There ain't no like the peace that comes from Jesus. Biggest smalls call it the Jesus peace. I call it what you want. But the peace that comes from God is a special kind of peace. The peace that comes from the world is totally circumstantial. But the peace that comes from God can only be gotten in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you have a good job, then you are at peace. But if you lose your good job, then you are not at peace. If you got money in the bank, then you are at peace. But when you, your money runs dry, then your peace goes away. If you have a house to lay your head in, uh, you are at peace. But if you lose your house, uh, you lose your peace. Uh, I stopped by today to tell you Jesus is our peace. Uh, Jesus is our peace. Jesus gives you a different kind of peace. It's a different kind 
of peace. It is not circumstantial. It is not the peace that comes from the world. The Bible calls it peace which surpasseth all. Who? All understanding. Oh, Philippians 4, verse number 7. This is the kind of peace that I'm talking about. The peace that surpasses all understanding. What does that mean, preacher? It means you have peace when there's no obvious or visible reason why you should be at peace. Everything around you could be in chaos, but for some unexplainable reason, you are at peace. This peace is the peace that God gives me uh, when I should be falling apart. That peace holds me together. It is the kind of peace that holds me together when I should break into pieces. It's the kind of peace that holds me together when I should be losing my mind. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That is the peace that comes from Jesus. It can only come from the Lord. You know, I call it the red bull peace. Because it will take wings. And it will fly you up and cause you to surpass. I wish I had a church up in here. All understanding. When you lose your spouse, when you're losing your mind, when you're depressed, when you're despondent, when you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, God gives you this kind of peace. When they fire you on the spot, and when you're pulling out your hair, this kind of peace will cause you to surpass Folks say she should, she should be losing her mind. How can she hold it all together? Honey, I'm not holding nothing together. It's the peace that God has placed in my life. And that peace, y'all, we don't even understand it. I don't fully comprehend it. But all I know is it'll take wings. And it'll fly you over your problems in life when you should be breaking down into pieces, when you should be falling to part, when you should be crying at night in the pillar, God will give you peace. You know, I like it because uh, Jesus will give you peace. You know why Jesus will give you peace? Because he's the prince of peace. <laughs> uh, you know why he'll give you peace? Ah, it's because he says my yoke is easy, but my burden is light. You know why he will give you peace? Because he will assist you in all of your troubles of life. 
You know why he'll give you peace, and I know why he'll assist me in all my troubles, because he'll give me a comforter who will come alongside of me in my time of trouble. And I know why he'll give me peace, because he got an eternal God that's shepherding my life. The Bible said the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. If you don't know what I did, I just gave you an acronym for peace. He is the prince of peace. And I'm glad to know this morning that I know the prince of peace. Do he know you? Does the prince of peace know you? Do you know him? Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Give me verse 21 right quickly. Matthew chapter 7. Watch this in verse number 21. The Bible is going to speak some interesting words. Not everyone. Not, not, not everyone. Uh, are you seeing this this morning? Not, not, not everyone. Not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord. See, you need to know that there are the saved and there's the lost. There are weak and there's the tired. You need to know in life there are only two groups. Those who know God and those who do not know the Lord. He says, not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. He that doeth the will of my Father, which is, back up to verse number 20. Watch this here. Back up to verse number 20. Give me 22. Give me 22. I'm looking for something. Many will say. I want you to see this. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Verse 23, watch this here. Matthew says, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that worketh iniquity. Church, it's not good enough to say, Lord, Lord. We think it's good to say, Lord, Lord. It's not good enough to say, Lord, Lord. You have to dedicate your life to God. You have to commit yourself to God. You have to totally give yourself to the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Whenever I start leaning on my own understanding, I start leaning too far from the Lord. Y'all, in the time of a pandemic, let me tell you something. Trust God. We claim God is in control. Well, let him be in control. It's one thing to say, Lord, Lord, but it's another thing to live like he's Lord of your life. God words. God words. Let God be true and every man a liar. Church, you probably can't depend on me. I probably can't depend on you. 
but we can depend on God. Amen, somebody. We can always depend on God. If you're not a child of God today, you are in the right place this morning. Somebody say, how do I come to become a child of the living God? You have to hear the gospel. You have to know that Jesus died for you. He was buried for you. He rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The second thing you need to do is have faith in God. Not only say I have faith, but live and practice the faith that is going to get us one day to God's heaven. And then thirdly, i got to change my mind on doing the wrong things and living the wrong way. That's a simple decision you got to make. We make decisions every day. We make decisions every hour. We make decisions uh, each and every night in our lives. Uh, this time, you have to make a decision. Do I want to do the right thing uh, or do I want to continue to do the wrong thing? Uh, do I want to live for God uh, or do I want to live for this world? Uh, repentance is changing my mind uh, that I may change uh, my behavior. Confession. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Y'all, I'm telling you, Jesus is the gift of God to the world. He's the gift of God to the world. And Jesus, y'all, came into the world to make the world better. Jesus came into the world to make your life better. You know, you're a child of God and you live the right way, right? Your life is going to change. And it's going to change for the better. Whether you are a young person this morning, or whether you're a senior citizen this morning, when you do it the right way, God is going to bless your life. Baptism. Somebody say, I have to be baptized? Yes. Why? Because Jesus says he that believeth and is baptized. Why we do it? Because Jesus says to do it. Jesus says, I got all authority in heaven and on the earth. If you do what Jesus says, you don't have to worry about a thing because he's the master of my life. We baptize you today for the remission of sins. And when you go into the water, you go into Christ. He'll make you a member of the church that Jesus died for. You begin your life as a child of the living God. All of us start off crawling in Christ. Ain't nobody up in here start running when you got in Christ. You were a babe in Christ. You might have known some scriptures, but you didn't know how to tie them scriptures together. Amen, somebody. When you get in Christ, you start off as a babe. So don't worry about, well, I don't know a whole lot of Scripture. God didn't say you have to know a whole lot of Scriptures to come to Christ. You just have to know what you need to do to get in Christ. You start off crawling, and then you grow. You grow. Ain't nobody came out of their mother a full adult. Say amen when you can, sisters. Uh, they were infants. Uh, they were infants. Same thing when you get in Christ. You're a babe, and you got to grow. And what a beautiful sight to have a church with babes in it. It gives us our opportunity to feed them the milk. Y'all remember when you used to hold your, your daughter and your son? Uh, you used to hold them, feed them. That's what we do in the church. Or should I say that's what we should do? You can't forget about babes in Christ. They can't feed themselves. They can't defend themselves. I mess with my daughter every once in a while. She don't like it, but I do so. I say, girl, you going to treat me like that? I say, girl, don't you remember when I used to hold you? 
I said, Isaac, I, I remember holding you in your, in your grandmother's chair in the living room. I said, Isaac, it was just me and you. I was holding you. We got to hold each other, church, in the midst of storms. Like Brother Brown says, we all we got. Live well with each other here. Live well with each other in the Hadean world. And then we go and live well with each other in glory. We all we really got is the church. And when we love each other, be there for one another. And like our sign says on the outside, we're not church like family. We are family. If you stand in need of prayer, if you need to come to Christ, why don't you come? As together we stand, and together we sing the invitation song. Why don't you come? Uh, 